I've been thinking a lot about what it means to have peace. And, and my punchline is live in peace. He's got this. Um, life is already full of so much worries and anxieties and, and stress. Um, and deep down, when, at the end of the day, uh, to be able to trust in God and have that inner peace that he's got this, irregardless of the situations and, and whatever's going on in our life. I wanted to find peace because they had all great answers. Um, and the world offers a peace. I think the first scripture I want to I read to you is John fourteen twenty seven. 27. Um, before Jesus left, he told his disciples, Peace I leave, leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Um, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and let it neither be afraid. I think the, the peace that Jesus offers is different from what the world offers. The world offers or tells you to meditate, or, 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 or Buddha, you know, find your inner, inner self. And, and that piece is so temporary and, and, and off track. Um, I want to show a quick, is the video going to work, do you think? Well, we'll see. Um, and if not, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it. But I'll, here's the Bible lesson video for the day, uh, kids. So watch this video, and I'll come up and talk about it in a second. or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall. It's common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting. It also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom. And his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others. Like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. 
The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. I like that video. Um, all right, kids, from that video, can someone give me a definition or a couple words of what peace really is? You're always talking, but not today. <laughs> Completeness. Before I started studying this, I would have been saying peace is calm, quiet, you know, um, free from conflict. And that's what Webster tells us is. But biblically, spiritually, having peace is being really complete, being made whole. Um, and I want to talk this morning. Um, I hope I'm not wrong in this. But I think there's a difference between having peace with God and experiencing and living with the peace of God. And, and the first thing I want to share is before you can live with the peace of God, you've, you've had to make peace with God. Because um, I think the, the difference um, in, our, in our world today from that, that scripture in John 14, 27, he says, my peace is not as the world gives. Jesus is our peace. He is the missing peace that makes us whole. And before you can have peace with God, you need to have Christ in your life. Amen? Um, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.14-17 says, For he himself is our peace. And that verse of that passage goes on to say that we've had, we had enmity with God. That word enmity means separated. There, there's division um, between God and us. Do you know when the last time there was peace on earth? Anybody? Adam and Eve. The Garden of Eden was the last time there was truly peace on this earth. That shalom, that complete, that wholeness. And then sin entered the world. When's the next time there's going to be peace on earth? True peace. When he comes back, right, in his kingdom, and in between, there's chaos, and there's sin, and there's tribulation, um, and there's strife, but can we still have peace? Yeah, through it all, we can have that peace, but that only comes from Christ. Um, there's a lot of people in this world that haven't made peace with God yet. Um, they're angry, they're upset. Um, and they're striving for peace and seeking for peace, um, but they don't have it because they haven't either decided to believe in Jesus Christ or whatnot. Um, I don't know what a message at Coast Bible would be without 
a movie reference anymore. Um, and so for Tom's sake, here's our weekly movie reference. Um, but first, I have a picture of an actor. I want to know if anybody knows who this is. Gary Sinise, yes. And what movie is he most known for? Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Diane. Now, if you haven't seen Forrest Gump, most kids, if they're in high school, might say of Mice and Men because they watch that movie and, and he's one of the characters for that. Um, I know Gary Sinise um, from his character in Forrest Gump. And I'm not necessarily recommending this movie. You know, Tom just talks about movies like they're no big deal. I'm like, oh, I would never let my kids see that. Um, this is PG-13. The next slide shows uh, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan. Um, and this, his character in, in this story is he had a destiny. He was supposed to die in Vietnam in, in this movie because his dad died in, I don't know, World War II and, and his grandpa died in uh, the Civil War and his dad died in the Revolution. I mean, his destiny was to die in battle and Forrest Gump saves his life. Um, and he gets angry and his life takes a turn and it's just unsettled. And throughout the movie, uh, there's quotes where Forrest Gump tells, well, you know, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Um, well, by the end, I don't know if this clip's going to work or not. No. Um, well, right at this scene here, he jumps in the water, and the water's all calm and peaceful, and, and Forrest Gump says something like, um, well, I don't know if we ever said it out loud, but I, I think he's made his peace with God. Um, and I love his character in this movie because you see this transformation of his character. Someone's just angry, angry at God. And by the end, he made his peace with God. I don't know if, if you're here this morning or you care about someone who's just upset. The first step is making your peace with God. Taking Jesus at his word for who he is. That he is our peace. And we have that peace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I imagine most of us here in this room have made peace with God. We've taken him at his word. We have eternal life. We're saved. And, and you have that peace. We've been made, made whole. We've been made complete. Um, but, man, daily living, I don't know if we're living with the peace of God or having the peace of God in our life. Um, I think having peace with God is positional. We've been, we've been made right. I think living... Having the peace of God in our life is relational. Um, and, and there's two takeaways today that I'd like to leave you with. And, and they really come from Isaiah 26.3. This is a great verse to memorize. Put it on your fridge. Put it in your car. Um, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts on you. What are the clues here to have perfect peace in Christ? Whose mind is stayed on you. I think a secret to having peace in your life, the peace that only can come from God, is to have our mind stayed on him. And secondly, because he trust in you. I think those are two key ingredients to, to living with the peace of God in your daily lives. I want to look at, um, I'm just going to rapid fire through some scriptures here. Romans 8, 6. Pastor Tom's going through Romans and he focused on this, this verse last week. To be carnally minded is death, 
but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Last week, Tom talked about chasing the Spirit, chasing after the things of God. And as you do that, the promise is spiritual life and peace. That knowledge that he's got it. We can live in peace. He's got it. Another scripture that most of us are familiar with, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Make, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. God asks us to give him our requests. Notice he doesn't say he's going to answer them the way we want. He doesn't say he's going to solve everything the way we want to, but he recognizes that there's times in life when we're anxious, um, when we're worried. And he says, give it to me. And what's the promise? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard our hearts and our minds. You want perfect peace in your life? Give it to God. <laughs> Let go and trust him. And his peace, the peace which transcends all understanding. I like the other passage in the Old Testament. I think kind of mirrors this. is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I don't have it on the screen, but what does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. I think that's a mere image of this peace passage. There's things in this life that we just don't understand. We fret, we worry, we don't get it. Uh, for students, it might mean, you know, going to a new school. It might mean going off to college. And all the stress that happens with that, it might be health-related. Maybe you're worried about someone that has health issues. Maybe it's finances. Um, it, whatever it is, we all have stressors and triggers in our life that cause anxiety and maybe fear and doubt. And the secret in the Bible is, trust me, I've got this. The ability, the ability to not lean on our own understanding when there's things that we, we're not going to understand. We're not going to have the answers. And to be able to lean on Christ in his peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our, height, our, our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever, the, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue of anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these, and what? The God of peace will be with you. You want to have the peace of God in your life. I think the secret is setting your mind on the things of Christ. And that's really easy to do when you're up at Forest Home. That's really easy to do when you're free from all the distractions in this world. And you guys experienced that. You experienced the peace of God in your life. And now the trick is going back into school and going back into what we call the real world. Um, how do you keep that peace? I think it comes from being intentional about being spiritually minded. Maybe you need to keep freeing yourself from the distractions. 
from the YouTube and from the Netflix. I don't know. Maybe what are the distractions in your life? Um, and just know that the, the degree to which you, you're, you're spiritually minded is the degree which you're going to experience um, the peace of God in your life. My takeaway this morning is God's made us complete. He is our peace. And he wants us to live in peace. I think I have a slide up there at, at funerals. Um, what do they normally say? Rest in peace. And uh, God just doesn't just want us to rest in peace. He wants us to live in peace too. And, um, and that's my challenge for you today. If, if you're not in p- at, at peace with God, make yourself right with God first. And then live in peace with him. He's got this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this place we call Coast Bible Church, for the family that we are. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. He is our peace. He made us complete. Lord, all of us have something missing in our life, and it's a relationship with you. And we thank you through the sacrifice of your son that we can have a restored relationship, have that peace that only you give, not as the world gives. Yet, Lord, in this life, we struggle, we're distracted, and we don't experience your peace in our daily lives. So, Lord, I pray that each one of us will just be spiritually minded, that we'll chase after the things of your kingdom, and that through that, Lord, you'll just give the peace that surpasses all understanding, and that you'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for these students in this room um, as they get ready to go back to school or we're off to college. Lord, I pray for all the parents in this room and adults. Lord, as, as we have different things in our life that we're stressed about or anxious about, we don't understand why things happen. Lord, I pray we'll be able to let go and just have your peace in our life that you've got this. Help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.